How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and today on the show we have icon of the silver screen, English actor Cary Grant, and 20th century American cult leader David Koresh. It was a fascinating talk, really funny episode. Don't forget that you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org with any requests to have on the show or comments or concerns. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now and it is hilarious. Rate and review the podcast. Subscribe, tell your friends, leave a comment, and of course you can check out all my upcoming show dates and projects on jarrettberenstein.com. Going on tour soon, so you're going to want to check that out. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy David Koresh and Cary Grant only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are English-born actor and iconic leading man of the silver screen, Archibald Leach, a.k.a. Cary Grant. How do you do? And 20th century American cult leader behind the Branch Davidians sect, Vernon Wayne Howell, a.k.a. David Koresh. Hey, man. Uh, Mr. Koresh, Mr. Grant, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. A pleasure. An, abs- it- an absolute honor. I'm f- I love it here, man. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, so because, you know, I didn't realize this until I was putting the uh, the questions together for, for uh, today's interview that you both changed your name. That yeah. you both have uh, <laughs> different names than you were born with. And so I thought a really fun way to start the show would just be to talk about, like, why you decided to change your names and uh, where your new names came from. Uh, let's start off with uh, sure. David Koresh. Very let's talk easy. about your new name. Uh, the, the, the Ernest movies. The Ernest movies. Yeah, my name was Vernon. Mm-hmm. And okay. he was always like, know what I mean, Vern? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get away from that. Everyone's like, know what I mean? Know what I mean? And getting teased a lot for your so life. So I get teased because of them Ernest movies, which everyone else loved. I wanted to love the Ernest movies. He went to jail. He was scared stupid. He's a hero of mine. I think he went to Africa also. He went to Africa. <laughs> Ernest he, went to Africa. Yeah, I think he died one time. Mm, but okay. No, no, actually, Jim Varney died. <laughs> yeah, but he did die. Um... Yeah, I love his dog Rimshot. Mm-hmm. That was fun. But the, but the problem is you're getting teased constantly. Uh, left, right. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean, Vern? Know what I mean? And I didn't, I'm like, my name is Vernon, say again? Mm-hmm. Vernon Maxwell Howell? <laughs> Vernon Wayne Howell. Vernon Wayne Howell. You've been David Koresh so long, you yeah. forgot who you used to be. You know, and I was, I just was laying there one night, just my head in a hole. That's how I... <laughs> You had your head in a hole. Yeah, I saw like an, an ostrich, ostrich one time. <laughs> and I thought, that's the way, man. Because then it's like, no one's yelling, no one, I mean, Vern at some ostrich. Mm-hmm. I saw it on a farm, on a trip. It was great. It made a big impression on me. Okay, so you saw a farm on a trip. Uh-huh. You saw an ostrich on the farm, putting his head in the sand. Yeah. And you thought, oh, that's the life, man. Yeah. And that's, but then I was like, I had my head in the hole and I'm trying to think, like, how do I solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Jim Varney's going to live forever, so these movies are coming. They're coming down the this pike. This is going to be a problem that I will have to deal with my whole life unless I do something about it. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> there is this kid, uh, Kosher David. Uh, There's a kid named Kosher David? Yeah, he's a Jewish kid. Of course, we all beat the <laughs> shit out of him. What was I'm, guessing his, time. I'm guessing his name wasn't Kosher David, but that was the name that everybody gave As him. we called him because, because he, he was, was Kosher. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's right. So... Uh, one day, we beat him so bad, we ended up, uh, uh, you know, he took out his ID, and he's like, it's me, Kosher, we, we, it's Kosher David. And then we we chopped up his ID, and I saw the letters from Kosher, and they rearranged into Koresh. Koresh. Oh, okay. And I said, hey, that's a different name. <laughs> it stuck hey. with me, also because... I think we beat him too bad. Mm. And so I was I was like dreaming, you know, uh, also playing guitar at the time. And I was like, man, so David Koresh, that's cool. 
And then I changed my name, and everyone's like, no one's like, know what I mean, David. That's you know? right. That's right. I, so you wanted to change your name because of the Ernest movies. Uh huh. You decided on the name change after you and your friends decided to beat up a kosher kid. Yep. Uh, we think it was kosher. Well, you said he, he took out his ID. He had kosher David on his on his ID. Yeah. Which is, I thought, because I thought it was a nickname. I didn't know that you would get We made him use you, that you ID. You made him use that. Okay. Yeah. And then the letters got chopped up and arranged. You you had ripped up the ID, and then it arranged to, to say David Koresh instead of kosher David. Yeah, they fell, flecked with his blood <laughs> in a way... That really made an impression. It was quite beautiful. Interesting. Okay. I wrote a song about it later. Oh, I can't wait to hear that song. Uh, but let's go over to Cary Grant. So Cary Grant, uh, your birth name, of course, Archibald Leach. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, why did you decide to change your name and where did your new name come from? Well, first of all, let me just say I'm also a big fan of the Ernest Pictures. Oh, it's just so good. They're so good. They're just fun. You know, like so many movies, just like too serious. We had... Uh, we had him on the show on Famous Dead People, and it was such a pleasure. He's such a great person. That a was, terrific talent. Yeah, yeah, he really, really is. The way he just elongated saying "you" was like <laughs> changed my life. It's funny. Like how many how many actors can say that that they they can do that? Like I, I you put my character in any situation. You put me in jail. You put me in space. You put me in Halloween, and I yeah. will make it funny. Hey, Carrie, say "you." <laughs> oh. It's not funny. Not, not funny. funny. I can't make it not funny. funny. You are in so many lists as being one of the best comedic actors of all time of cinema, but not even you. I can't do can it. Can just say you like him and make it funny. What I wouldn't have, what I wouldn't give to have been part of just one of those Ernest pictures. Oh God, that would have been so wonderful. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. I changed my name from Archibald Leach because I, I ran into a problem uh, growing up in England. Every time there was a necromancy crime, I was brought in for questioning <laughs> for having the name Archibald Leach. Every single time. So, all right, let's talk about let's talk about necromancer crimes. So, somebody is Someone's- using using uh, uh, dead bodies for spells. Is that a necromancer? My my technical definition of a necromancer. I want to make sure. It's I correct. might have misused the word. <laughs> I meant people defiling the corpses. Gotcha. gotcha. But also necrophilia. Necrophilia. necrophilia but gotcha. also necromancy. Mm-hmm. Anytime there was any mischief with a dead body, they'd say, "Get that Archibald Leach." They were profiling you based on your based name. on my name. They're like discrimination at its worst. Yeah, the police would open up the phone book and go, "Which of these uh, names sounds like they just fucking love?" Of dead bodies for either sex or spells, and they're like motherfucking Archibald Leach. And they would, and then I would show up, and I'd say, "Hi, I'm Archibald Leach, reporting for questioning." <laughs> and they'd say, "Where's your top hat and long curly mustache?" And I'd say, "I don't have that. I'm a regular boy." <laughs> and so and then they were like, "I had to like, little boy, name. little boy. This is very funny, but would you please ask Archibald Leach to come in?" Yes, and I'd say, "This isn't a joke." Stop, stop making my name a joke. But they wouldn't stop, so I changed my name. Okay, and so then where did uh, Cary Grant come from? Well, you've got Grant, who's my favorite general from the U.S. Civil War. General Grant. Okay, Ulysses S. Grant. Yes. Mm -hmm. Slash favorite president. Underrated as a president. Underrated as a president. Mm -hmm. And Cary, because that's my favorite movie. Cary, the... The movie, the Stephen King film about yes, okay. But before it was a Stephen King film, it was a silent picture that oh, I saw as a boy. I had no idea. It, that- in the, the the silent picture version, it was just the blood being dumped on a young woman. <laughs> How long was it? It was a ten second. It was a picture. ten second movie. So that, that's the thing. Is like it was such a new technology back then. Not a lot of people realize this. There would be movies that were just like man chops down tree. Yes. You know, and people would go oh, to see you've that. you seen be, Man Chops Down Tree? I, I mean, I loved Man Chops Down Tree. Oh, I, thought, I love it. That's like one of my favorite directors of uh, of the early you know generation. Surprise yeah. ending, I'll say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I thought I knew what I was getting myself into, but I did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, and no spoilers, all right? So just if you're not. listening to this, just go see Man, Man Chops Down Tree and just, and just hold on to your hats. I think it's right? playing at the Angelica it's this weekend. It's definitely playing at the Angelica. It's at the Angelica every weekend. But yeah, so... So you so you saw a movie called Carrie, which is obviously where Stephen King got the inspiration for his book and movie Carrie. Absolutely. And the movie was just 
It's <laughs> just someone pouring blood on a young woman. Yes. All right. That sounds great. So that Original is Original where- Carrie directed by a great silent picture director, Herbert Q. Racist. Herbert Q. Racist. I don't know his work all that well, Herbert Q. Now Racist. He's got uh, Carrie and then uh, a bunch of other pictures that have been pulled from archives. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't surprise me that... Stephen King used that as inspiration because there's actually another movie that you did that I want to ask you about later in life that was clearly inspiration for another movie, but we'll, we'll get to that in I've just a definitely moment. heard of HQ Racist. Oh, you've heard of yeah. HQ Racist? HQ Racist, yeah. Mm, okay. Of have you seen like a lot of his, a lot of his stuff? Uh-huh. Tons of it. Okay. What's yeah. your favorite uh, film, silent film from the old-timey film director HQ Racist? Definitely It. you <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. sc- I'm terrified to ask what happens in the HQ racist movie it. Well, this uh clown, you see it uh well, it meets this uh <laughs> it meets this uh 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 I guess you call it Latinx now, chow. <laughs> and I don't want to give anything away. But uh so a, a, it ends in the sewer. That sounds terrible. Let's not get into the specifics right. of that. Up to you. <laughs> That's your yes, favorite. Yeah, sure. That was David Crush's favorite. Uh, so let's go, uh, let, let's get into some of the biographical information here, the hard biographical information here, guys. Uh, Cary Grant, so you weren't a great student growing up. You wanted to be in entertainment. Uh, you had a reputation for mischief, and you frequently refused to do your homework. You were eventually expelled, and there are two accounts of why you were expelled. Uh, some say that you were helping your friends doing a theft. You were helping them steal something, but the Wikipedia doesn't say what. And other people say that you were discovered in the girls' bathroom. And so would you please tell us, like, exactly what happened to get you expelled? Was it either of those stories? Was it something completely different? Like, illuminate us, if you you remember. Well, I've never admitted this to anyone, but both are true. Both are true. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tell us the story. Did it all happen in the same night or? Well, it was happened- it like strike one, strike two. That's sort strike of thing? one, strike two. Mm, gotcha. One happened in the evening, and the next happened the next day at school. Okay. So first, I helped my friends. I helped my friends do a theft, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I was so tired of the label of being a necrophiliac slash necromancer. I said, you know what? If y'all gonna call me that, I'm gonna do it. So me and my <laughs> friends dug up a body and had a spell. We to try and bring the body back to life. Oh my god! And we were caught. You were, <laughs> you were caught exhuming the grave and trying to do a spell to bring the dead body back to life. And by the way, we were successful. The body came back to life. You actually, you 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 were able to raise this dead person. It, yes, it was raised back to life. It did like a dance, like it was on strings for a while. And then it slapped my friend for what felt like hours. This dead body decided the first thing it was going to do with its life was like do a little dance for the kids that brought him back to life. Did a dance to entertain <laughs> us and then slapped our friend silly to punish him, but also entertain us. Okay, and then the... the Dead body just go back to being dead right after that. Yes. Okay, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that the spell only lasted for a little while, where you get a little jig and then a slap in the face as payment, I guess, for for bringing me back to life. And then she's just immediately dead again. But then a cop shows up and is like, "Hey, you kids were trying to steal that dead body." Yes, he said, "You were trying to steal that dead body." No, I'm gonna let you go, but you better not do anything tomorrow That's at school. Strike one. That's yeah. Strike one. I'm gonna remember all your names, especially you, Archibald. Yes, he said. I he said I've seen you at the station, Mister Archibald Leach. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, man, fuck you. <laughs> so anyway, I went to school. Universal. The next- <laughs> That's universal, man. <laughs> went to school the next day, and I said, I. I was just like, you know what, man, this school thing really, really blows, and I don't like it. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to skip my French class and go hide in the girls' bathroom. Okay, so you're just hiding out in the girls' bathroom. Why, yes. not, why not hide in the boys' bathroom? <laughs> why not indeed? <laughs> I'm afraid I need right. some more right. information. We're on board, right? I mean, are you trying to say that you were, in addition to hiding from your class, you're also hoping to do a little peek maybe? Maybe a little peeking. Is there anything going on wrong with, the with that? I mean, there is. Come on. I mean, there is. I mean, I'm sure back then we would. Who we would, amongst us hasn't hid in a bathroom of someone of the opposite sex? David Koresh, have you hid in the bathroom? Oh, yeah. You, so you've hid, hid in the girl's bathroom just trying to get a peek? Of course, yeah. Uh, I built a girl's bathroom. 
that's now that's with a, with a special peeking booth in it. Yeah, it said <laughs> it said girls pee here. <laughs> and you know what? That's there's nothing suspicious about that. You know what? You want to be Hol- you were a Hollywood star. That's what you had to do. I got that say, was the name of a, my first picture. Girls pee here. Yes, it the was never released. The first movie you did was called Girls Pee Here. <laughs> it was never released. Okay, what was the plot of Girls Pee Here? Well, <laughs> I could tell you, but it would it would pretty racy. It would get whatever. It would get this show canceled. This has got to be one of those pre-code movies where you could just make a movie about anything. Yes, exactly. You know, before the Motion Picture Association got their uh, got their censorship clause into things. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 20th century American cult leader David Koresh. Oh yeah, and British actor and silver screen legend Cary Grant. Yes, indeed. Uh, and I just got to say how I I just think it's so delightful. I mean, aside from how creepy it was that you built a girl's bathroom specifically so that you could peep on them, David Koresh, but that you didn't even call it a bathroom. You just call, you called it a girl's pee here. Yeah. You know, I, I, underst- I think even then I understood messaging. So <laughs> bathroom, it's anyone prob- could yeah, use that. that girl's was, pee here, I'm solving a problem. Without a question, your strongest, your strongest um, uh, talent is messaging. Certainly. So I'd like to start off by getting into your religious journey, oh, all right? Baby. So uh, when you're 22 years <laughs> old, get it going. you're 22 years old, you joined your mother's church, the Seventh-day Seventh day Advent Church, and while praying for guidance, you open your eyes and you find a Bible that is magically open already to a specific uh, scripture or a line, uh, Isaiah 34, 16, quote, none should want for her mate. That is with the, the quote that spoke to you that was just open. None should want for her mate. Yeah. And you took this to mean that God wanted you to marry the pastor's daughter. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, I want before we get to what happened after you told the pastor this, mm-hmm. uh, could you walk us through how you get to the phrase none should want for her mate leads you to think that the God wants you to marry the pastor's daughter specifically? Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting there, right? This boring ass church, <laughs> Seventh Day Advocate, and I'm like, man, <laughs> bring that. You know, I'm like, this is like the first day. This sucks, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, bored as shit, and I close my eyes through this to pray, you know, and then boom, I'm hit. Right? I I open my eyes. There's this Bible open in front of me. Can you believe it? An open Bible <laughs> in a church. In a church. What? What are the odds? It's How crazy. does it even happen? Yeah, everybody uniformly had closed theirs seconds before in a beautiful cascade, like a wave, mm, like, like a, a Busby like Berkeley like film. I was about to say. <laughs> Exactly. If you can imagine, like the legs of the girls, like fanning all in a row, that's and how people close their Bibles. We don't have to imagine because we <laughs> we, we can have watch those it. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Is that also what happens when girls go to the bathroom? They yeah, all they close all their legs in a wave, like a Busby Berkeley movie. You wouldn't yeah, believe the beautiful, intricate ballet that goes on in every girl's restaurant. That's, that's why they what? go to the bathroom together, man. You um, can't do a. <laughs> Choreographed dive into a pool we are, by yourself. This is some real gold 1980s stand-up comedy. Women be going to the bathroom together. <laughs> they sure be. What is there? What is there? A mall in there? Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, bang bang. Yeah. It's the 1980s and sexism isn't real yet. Boy. No. <laughs> the so, 80s were great, huh? Uh I mean, depending on who you ask, of course. Yeah. So you see this open Bible. I David see this Koresh. open Bible. Mm-hmm. And I read the quote, Isaiah 35. Eighty-one, very close. And it says, "None shall want for her mate." And I look up. A pastor's going on. I'm like, "None shall want for her mate." What the hell? So I'm sitting there. I'm like, "None shall want for her mate." And I look up, and this pastor's droning on, blah 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 blah. And then I see next to him his beautiful daughter, Arlie. 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 Oh, beautiful name. Arlie. Her name is yeah. Arlie. Arlie. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, and she, to me, she's just glowing in white. You know what mm. I mean? Two things, crazy things are happening. One, open Bible. Two, pastor's daughter just next to her. What? How does he even get there? When she's talking. When does this happen? And I see, and I'm like, none shall want for her mate. Her mate is me. And so I'm like, nobody, nobody should should make it so that we can't get married. None. I'm none. <laughs> okay. Which, yeah, should want for her mate. 
Wow. And then I thought, mate, like, have sex. Wow. Which means, not show off her mate, means <laughs> I should have sex. Her. That is it. That is unbelievable reasoning. It really is. You, you can really draw the line. A to B, B to C, C yeah. to D. And you know what? Instantly, I jumped on top of the pews and I started going down. On the, in the yeah. middle of service, you're just jumping over the pews. Like when, uh, like when Roberto Benigni won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And he kept, he kept going on the. What a charmer! What the a charmer! Backs of the seats. Oh. Remember? He, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Those Italians, they're out of control. I agree. <laughs> Crazy people love it. They love life. So I'm walking down the pews and everything. And I jump in front and I say to the pastor, "I need to marry your daughter." Right? Did I marry her? Uh, you did not marry her his daughter. In fact, <laughs> he threw you out of the church. <laughs> Because it doesn't say in the Wikipedia, but it's inferred that she is underage. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds just like me. Just like old That's Davey Koresh. That's a Koresh. classic Dave Koresh. So, you know what? Here's how uh, Here's how HQ Racist would have shot that. <laughs> well, maybe, right? maybe we should have. I'm like, I'm like, I go up there and I'm like, excuse me. Cut to immediately, I'll be thrown out of the doors of the church. Oh, classic. Oh, yeah, that's some classic. Hey, you know, they don't right do there. that enough anymore. It really? They is. don't do enough of grabbing people by the back of the neck mm-hmm. and the seat of the pants and throw them out of an establishment. People, here's the thing is like, it is actually super difficult to do that unless you are significantly larger than the person that you are throwing out. Mm-hmm. So you got to be a big guy, and the person you're throwing out has to be a little person. Yeah. It's crazy and, and, and a relic of old movies, but also in was in the uh, 2019 Best Picture Green Book. <laughs> that was in Green Book. <laughs> Somebody was thrown out of a club. Yeah. Oh man, man it's just... so good that when movies get adjudicated and given awards, it's always the best oh, one. Oh, it's Wait, the best one. We are yeah. still pushing. Hollywood is still pushing the envelope. Green Book, absolutely. Shape of Water, yes, please. Yes. Crash, more. <laughs> I want more of it. More crash. How about you crash? I, I pitched more crash for forever. <laughs> you're you're pitching more crash. The yeah. sequel to Crash, more crash. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Even before Crash came out. You know what? Not enough movies do that thing where it's not just like you know, uh, Speed Two. You know, it's like more movies need to do like cute things with their sequels. Like, like, hey, instead of Crash 2, how about we just call it more Crash? Yeah. You know, we need to, we need to have more cute sequels. That is that is the, the, the hill that I will be dying on today. But let's go back over to uh, Cary Grant for just a moment. So you started acting early in your life. You were part of an acting troupe called The Penders. Is that right? Oh, what a bunch of scallywags we were. You a and bunch The Penders. A bunch of just real fucking dickheads. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were dickheads? Oh, you know, we were lovable dickheads. What, what, what were some of the things that you and the Penders would do? Oh, uh, just old uh, classic hijinks. Like, uh, we'd tie up a small string between two trees and trip some fucking idiot over. Or <laughs> uh, we'd, you know, build a, a woman's restroom. And, uh, and just, then put a sign on it that says, girls pee here. Yeah, or dames Dames P. Dames P. Here we called them dames. A little more, little more respectful, I think. You know, it's just stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. good old classic tomfoolery. Gotcha. Now that was that. Would you say like an extracurricular activity of the Penders, or was that like all the Penders did? I'm assuming there was some acting. Well, we definitely involved. did acting, but we'd mm-hmm. also, you know, we'd get together in an alley and sing duop tunes, and <laughs> we were the Penders, baby. It was mm-hmm. the it was the sixties, man. It was the it was the it was the sixties. No, but that's what we said. We'd say, it's the 60s, Oh, uh, you were imagining what it would be like yeah. in the future. Oh, that's fun. I used we, to do that as a kid. You'd, yeah. you'd imagine what the future is like, like the Jetsons, and you'd shoot space rays, but you guys were imagining what Motown would be like. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so you and the Penders, you eventually take a trip to America, and you do a run of shows that is incredibly successful, and you liked America so much that you stayed and developed a vaudeville routine. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Now, Loved it. can you tell us what you did in your vaudeville routine? Was it like a song and dance thing? Was it like was it like a, a bit? Was it um, was it like a stand up thing or uh, just like any anything you can you can tell us to give us a flavor of what Cary Grant's old vaudeville routine was? Yes. Well, I one of my my best chum in the troupe was his name was Mortimer. Mm. And we'd start the show, and he'd come out, and he'd start telling some stupid joke. And then I would come out, and I'd grab him by the shirt tail and the seat of the pants, and I'd throw him into the audience. You'd throw him yeah. into the audience. Uh, yes, it would be. And, wow. they'd, and they'd go nuts. So we'd do that over and over and over. So he would get up, 
out of the audience, come back on the stage, and then be like, as I was saying, try to try <laughs> yes. to finish the story, and you would say, and I'd say, get the fuck off the stage, I don't think so. I'd throw him out of the <laughs> audience, and then it would happen again and again because they say back then audiences were like children; mm. they like to see the same thing over and over, and it just gets better every time they see and, it, and then they go more and more nuts, and I would do it again and again and again. Wow, that sounds that sounds like a real banger, man. I wish I could have seen that show. There was more to it, but that was just what really hooked them. Well, I did read on your Wikipedia that um, that there was one part of it where you would ride a unicycle as a character named Rubberlegs. Oh, is that right? Look at old Rubberlegs. <laughs> How am I going to ride this unicycle? Wait, so was it that you would make your legs like wiggly while Whoa. you were trying to ride the unicycle? Yes, and I'd ride in circles. Oh, I'm going to fall. I've got Rubberlegs. And the audience would go, no, don't fall, Rubberlegs. And I'd say, what well, I'm gonna fall and that would take up about an hour and 45 minutes of the show <laughs> okay so did that happen before or after you were throwing your friend into the audience well, i would that would i would throw him into the audience mm-hmm. many many times okay and then someone else would come out and say ladies and gentlemen a very special treat <laughs> we've got none other than famous english performer U- rubber list. legs mm-hmm. And the audience would say, oh, this must be fair. And I'd say, and I would come out and I'd say, oh, I'm Rubberlegs. <laughs> and the audience was deeply concerned. It took them a while to realize this mm. was a character. Oh, Because I, see. I was inhabiting the character. You were so that good of an actor. I was, and it, it really looked like I had rubber legs. Can I ask because, you? <laughs> because as a boy... I had rubber legs. You had rubber legs as a boy. Yes, oh I had God. corrective surgery. There is a lot to unpack there. But before we get into that, I just have a very quick question, just a technical question. As somebody who has yes. been in the theater, you are throwing your friend out into the audience. Yes. Then someone comes out and says, we have a very special guest. Yes. Do you then leave and do some sort of change? Like you change your costume, you put on a put on some kind of disguise so that people don't think that you're the same person as before? Or do you just go backstage, get the unicycle, and then come out as rubber legs? No, I changed costume completely. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. changed everything. I had a, I had a wig. I had a, a fake mustache, and mm-hmm. I, I had, and it really, and I had, I had these pants that were polka dotted with suspenders, and I would have the rubber <laughs> legs. Oh. oh, classic, classic comedy. And at the end of the rubber legs routine, I would mm-hmm. jump up. And show that, in fact, my legs were a regular human man's legs. That must have brought the fucking house and down, people man. people could not believe Lost their it. minds. I'm they, sure people pissed themselves, literally. A couple people died. <laughs> a couple people died. Yes, some oh, older people in the audience I'm, had heart I'm, attacks and died. I'm honestly just imagining this, this sea of chaos. Old men are dying. People are pissing themselves. People are shitting themselves. They got their hands hey, on their... I didn't even say they were on, shitting themselves, but I'm they just imagining. were. They I'm were. Just imagining. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, we have got to take a short break pretty quickly. Oh, wait, wait, did you mess with their bodies? Mess I'm with sorry, the, did you mess with their bodies? The old people who died. <laughs> David, you know me too well. Oh, yes, I mess with their bodies. It. Wait a minute, so people would die during your show, and then the, everybody would clear out, I guess, and then there's yes. just dead bodies like left there for you to play with? Or would you play with them and be like, guess what, guys, Encore we're going to make these dead bodies dance for you. No, I would they would clear out mm-hmm. and I'd and I'd come out as a janitor and I'd say shows over folks. <laughs> and again people oh, were so, so sold on the janitor character and I was so convincing they'd say, "Well, I guess we have to go. That's the janitor." <laughs> and then I would mess with the dead bodies. And then you get them to dance a little bit and then they go back to being dead after slapping you in the face, of course. Yeah, of course, That's but at this point do. in my life, I liked it just fine. <laughs> Okay, we gotta take a short break, but we will be right back with Cary Grant and David Koresh on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just wanna take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org if you want a specific famous dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super fun. Money and I want that money. 
Also, go check out jaredbranson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash famousdeadpeople and click on the support the show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century American cult leader behind the Branch Davidians sect, Vernon Wayne Howell, a.k.a. David Koresh. Tim Apple. And (laughs) English-born actor and iconic leading man of the silver screen, famous for such roles as the uh, famous such films as the Philadelphia Story and um, and uh, a rear no that was Jimmy Stewart. Oh, you're uh, making me very upset. And uh, he was in Suspicion. I remember that. North by Northwest. North by That's Northwest. That's the one I was thinking That's of. It. Ladies and gentlemen, Archibald Leach, a.k.a. Cary Grant. Low energy jab. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go back to David Koresh for just a moment. So you joined the Branch Davidians. You're 23 years old. You were young. You were helping to recruit people. Some of the former members of the church say that you got them to be Branch Davidians using music, that you would use music to help recruit people to the Branch Davidians. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay, so how did that work exactly? Did you have, like, you know, would you, like, you know, play the guitar and sing a song about it, or would you just, like, maybe, like, talk about bands? Like, hey, what bands are you into? And they'd be like, oh, I'm into this band. And then you're like, oh, well, you got to come over to the Branch Davidians because we're fucking, we're going to have them sometime or something like that. Like, how was music part of your pitch? I... (laughs) I basically, that's basically it, right? Everybody loves music. It's a universal language. Mm -hmm. And I had convinced people that um, the Branch Davidian compound was a stop on every major tour. For every every band. So I was like, you don't need to go to Houston or Dallas to go see uh, the Rolling Stones (laughs) (laughs) or to see... uh, you too, you too's coming to the Branch Davidian. You just say, we got to come old, to the compound. Yeah, they're coming to the compound. You too's coming there. Yeah, and it's far out there, you know? So people people were like, and I was like, I'm only telling members of- um, Of the Branch Davidians. The Branch Davidians and of, you know, of the, the seven-day- Seven-day Adventist. Seven-day Adventist, that's mm-hmm. it. It seems like there's a real, a straight line between people who were Seventh-day Adventists- and people who became Branch Davidians. So that's probably like an easy sell. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I was talking to people that I already knew, right? Because, mm, yeah. again, I'm I'm charismatic as shit. Yes. So I'm yeah. I'm out there talking music, you know. Everybody's like, hey, man, you hear that tune on the radio? I was like, they're coming. They're coming here. Credence. We got Credence. Credence. We got Guns N' Roses. We got. What an eclectic mix. We got Metallica's coming. <laughs> we got. Every we got a seal is coming. <laughs> we got uh, Janis Joplin. We got her back. She's back, baby. Oh my god! And she's coming to the BDC, the the, the Branch, Branch Davidians, Davidians compound. compound. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, so, so people I'm would telling come them there. Woodstock. Mm-hmm. The next Woodstock is happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening. <laughs> the Branch Davidian compound. Now, where people say like, "Oh my god, how can I get tickets?" Yeah, or something. And yeah. what would you say? I'd say just come. I'd say my word is your ticket. Hey, wow. I just gotta ask. I've heard a new tune on the radio by some some young lady named Rihanna. Is she perchance coming to the BDC? <laughs> She's on her yeah. Really? She Hold did already. Could I get tickets? <laughs> yeah. I my, can come. Yeah, Hold on you, a second. you listen to my word? My well, word yeah. is your ticket. Yeah. Hold on a second, David Crush. Have you built a new Branch Davidians compound? Yeah. You, uh, so you have another Branch Davidians compound. I built the Branch Davidians Entertainment Complex, the <laughs> Branch Davidian Stadium. Uh yeah, and uh, we got some stadium. great acts coming. We got Imagine Dragons. Oh, is I coming. love them. You got oh. Imagine Dragons. Twenty One Pilots <laughs> is coming. Oh, we love those guys. Oh my Do God. you yeah. think you could hook us up with a couple of ticks? I mean, I'll have to search in my. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You guys Gary Grant. Yeah. We are going to see Imagine Dragons, oh, Gary Grant. Baby, I cannot wait. I love oh, Imagine Dragons. Oh my God, I'm so excited about They're that. Great. Yeah. Tell me. All right, here's the thing. You know who I'm a big fan of. I love me some Chance the Rapper. Chance know? the Rapper? Yeah. You know Chance the Rapper, Carrie Oh, Grant? of course. There's no way you got Chance the Rapper to come. I mean, we tried, but he really... He's coming, <laughs> He's coming, oh, yeah. Oh, my 
my mix? God. Can we, we can we see that show also? Yeah, come on. Oh my God. Imagine Dragons. We'll have a jam. Oh, they, Imagine they're going to play together. Yeah. Oh Jesus. I guess this they makes sure. so much sense. So fucking cool, oh man. Chance is cool, man. He jams with anyone. <laughs> yeah. But listen, I mean, I I would love to just like keep on getting tickets to see all of these incredible. Shows, but I feel like we got to get back to the interview. Well, you know? I guess so, but like, yeah. let's just say this I, is such a shame. But, but we, music, right? Music brings us together. Like, let's. I want to make a promise that we are definitely going to talk more about this after the show because I I want to get my calendar Dang. out. I want to make Absolutely. sure that we're going to see all the dopest shows. I promise you at the Branch Davidians <laughs> Entertainment. David Koresh I can, keeps his promise. I can tell this guy's a man of his word. Yeah, the Branch mm-hmm. of Davidian Stadium. Branch Davidian Stadium. Well, gotcha. it all it all came again from music, from the first song I wrote, We Beat That Jewish Kid Too Hard, <laughs> to now. That's right. I forgot that you had written that song about yeah. beating up uh, Kosher David. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Um. So, yeah. So that, It actually that... sounds like, it, it, it sounds like that Imagine Dragons song. It went, we beat that Jewish kid too hard. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Catchy oh, stuff. That is great. Yeah. That is so great. I just knew those haze and hoes would catch up. Those anyway, I'm hose. sorry. No, no, of yeah. course. I mean, that's, that's really interesting, and um, I'm really excited about seeing all those bands. Uh, let's go back over to Cary Grant for just a moment. So, uh, so as I mentioned before, you did some movies during the pre-code era of the uh, of the film history, meaning that they were films that were released after sound was incorporated, but before the enforcement of the motion picture production code. So movies were putting anything in without any enforcement from uh, from the Motion Picture Association. So I'd like to ask you about two movies that you made during this period and ask you, like, what was done in them that the Motion Picture uh, Association then was like, oh, we shouldn't have that in movies anymore. And then they sort of, like, built the code around that. Uh, so you did a movie called She Done Him Wrong during this pre-code era of films. Do you remember that movie? She done him wrong, of course. She done him wrong. Okay, so like, what was it that was so like uh, racy or scandalous about that movie that the Motion Picture Association was like, well, we need to make a code so that that doesn't happen ever again? Well, the first thing was right there in the title. She done him wrong. That's that's incorrect grammar. <laughs> she she didn't done him wrong. She did him wrong. Uh, she did him. I mean, even she did him wrong is pretty colloquial. You that's know. true. Either uh, way, it, it's it's it, filth. It much more. <laughs> would be much more correct to say she wronged him. Yes, exactly. She, she wronged, wronged him. Now, just so this is a, this is a movie about the guy who cuts down a tree? No, with, no, that's um, that's a man cuts down a tree. Oh, man chops yeah, down a tree. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so what happens then in the well, movie? Well, and, and then the thing that they wanted to take out it was it it was a woman exercising agency. <laughs> And they said that violates our code. Interesting. Okay. Which they reformed later, but at the time she was, you know, she did him wrong. She done him wrong. Mm-hmm. So and that the, and implies thought, that she has control over her life and decisions. Well, they wanted to change the title. First, they didn't like the grammar. And then they said, well, if you're really going to, if we're going to let this movie exist, it should be called She Considered Wronging Him. And then she correctly did not <laughs> because she knew she could not cross him because he was a man. And that okay. title was clunky, of mm-hmm. course. But that well, aside from the, the title being clunky, like was that the plot of the movie? Like what actually happened in the movie? Oh, uh, what happened in the movie was uh, a I'm assuming husband, she done him wrong. Yes. Well, the husband mm-hmm. says, um, "I'm leaving for work, my dear, and you must not, you must not uh, cross me, and you must not <laughs> violate my expectations." And <laughs> what he a leaves. loving, what a loving goodbye to you. <laughs> goodbye, darling. I'm off to work, and do not cross me, and do not violate my expectations. And then she cooks his favorite dish, but she adds an ingredient to it that he does not care for. Ooh. And so he takes a bite when he gets home from work, and he spits it out, and he says, "You done me wrong." Uh. That's and, classic. Yes. Classic cinema. And that was uh, sort of, that was racy for the All time. Right. Okay. So I can see how the, the production code would be affected by that. Uh, you also did a movie called I'm No Angel. Yes. Okay. So how did the I'm No Angel movie violate the the code that would eventually be created? Well, that one was, uh, I was, I played a man in that who had a, just a terrible, terrible uh, moral values. Mm. Um, not an angel. Not an angel mm-hmm. by any means. I, 
I smoked copious amounts of uh, of cigarettes in it. I drank copious amounts of alcohol. Ooh. I slept with copious amounts of women. Ugh. I uh, mm-hmm. murdered copious amounts of people. Oh my god! Pretty much everything because did whole, all the sins. There's all the sins because yeah. at the beginning of the movie, I say, "I'm no angel," and and the audience is expected to be, "Well, of course you're an angel. Look at you. You're yeah. a handsome. You're on the silver man. screen. You're, yes, you're beautiful." And I'd say. No, believe me, I'm no angel. <laughs> and then I literally picked up a sword and chopped a man's head off. This is the coolest movie of all time, man. <laughs> it's it's so directly wait. talking to the crowd, the to the audience. The movie opens with you looking out of the audience and saying, I'm no angel. <laughs> yes, yes. And then an hour <laughs> and 20 minutes ensues in which I prove, hey, I'm no angel. Now, do you pause after you say I'm no angel to give the audience time to like... Response to be yes, like I say I'm no angel and they and yes when you when I saw it in theaters audiences were saying oh, of course you are <laughs> look at you and then I'd pick up a sword and I'd hold it up and I'd say huh and they go what do you do with that sword you perfect little angel and then I took it and I chopped a man's head clean off wow I, I love how much call and response there was in the early era yeah, of cinema because I chopped the head yeah. off and then I said still think I'm an angel <laughs> and the audience would say yeah I don't know I mean that was bad but maybe it was just a mistake and then I'd say nah and I'd go on to commit more awful crimes mm, lots of crimes lots of sins lots of sins and then at the end it was weird that it started with a beheading <laughs> Because it did not heighten from there. It got it got more and more. Well, just, maybe it didn't heighten by today's standards. You know, maybe, you know, uh, having too many cigarettes and booze was viewed at as as worse than murder back then. You can tell us if, if that's the case. And I'll tell you, no, it wasn't. Even <laughs> okay, then, murder we knew, was still we knew that beheadings were worse. Gotcha, gotcha. But it, it, was, uh, it was a very controversial film. Gotcha. Well, and then, then the code was like, we got to stop all of that. We can't have yeah. words like that anymore. Back then, the technique might have just been lowering. Might have been, I mean, you start high Mm -hmm. and you get down right away. Oh, interesting. So, like, we in the entertainment business, Uh we know that you need to heighten throughout a movie or a show or whatever. But I guess back then it was cooler to de-heighten, to listen as things went along. Start with the biggest thing. After what happened at the Ford Theater in 1865... We uh, we wanted to make theater and entertainment a little bit more palatable. And you tame. are, of course, referring to when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated yes. at the Fourth Theater. Okay. Yes. All right. People got a little jumpy after that. <laughs> Hard to go back to just watching a, a our American cousin. You know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you think there were people who were like, who were like, oh my god, but. I mean, come on, yeah. you know, finish like, the show. What happens next? Yeah. Yeah. When what happens to our American cousin? You know what? We'll never know. I guess we'll never know. Uh, let's go back to uh, David Crush for a moment. So one year into working with the Branch Davidians, you begin to claim the gift of prophecy. And you began teaching your own message called the Serpent's Root, which caused controversy within the group. Do you remember the Serpent's Root, the, the sort of like the general doctrine of the Serpent's Root and how it differed from the general doctrine of the Branch Davidians? Fuck yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. please, tell us all about it. I remember that shit. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I got bored, right? You were the, bored. These assholes are like, uh, they took me in. I'm telling everybody, you know, hey, the police are on their, the, the band, the police is coming. Oh, right, because oh. You, told, like, you had told everybody that all these bands were coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. I told them basically, yeah, the police and... Uh, Run DMC, we're about to jam together. Shut and they're like, up. where are they? And I was like, blame these guys, right? Blame everybody, the other Branch Davidians. Yeah, the Branch Davidians, right? So I'm thinking, you know, something's wrong here, you know? Mm. I'm getting maybe getting blamed for massive lies to people. Mm, okay. And I'm just like, God didn't want this for me. He wants more for me. Uh, I it- am the voice of God. I'm a prophet, God damn it. Okay. You listen to me. Listen to my voice. I People want to be led by me. I don't understand how you can hear that voice and not think that is a messenger of, of God. Of God, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, absolutely. God is the only person who could bring Oasis and put them on the same, uh, put them on the same lineup as uh, Color Me Bad. <laughs> So that a dream ticket, a dream ticket. 
I've always wanted to see the Gallagher brothers, and then bam, bam, he has colored me back. Yeah. Do you remember there was that documentary about the film business, about the, the music industry back then, and how there were all those music executives like tearing their hair out, like obviously this would be the best show, but there is no way to get them together. Yeah. There's no way that they'll be on the same tickets. Yeah, I but was in that documentary. David Koresh, of course. I solved pulls it off. I solved the problem. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm so so you know, there's all this bullshit around, and I'm like, I'm the messenger of God. You gotta follow me because I thought of the serpent's root. Mm. That's the point. The point is, there's a serpent, right? He's in the ground. He's sitting there. He's stuck in this hole. This dumb fucking serpent sitting there, slithering around like oh, my tail's being held. And you know how much I like being in the ground. Mm, yeah, I got put the, your head in the ground. Yeah, yeah I put my head in like there. Like an ostrich. Yeah. And this <laughs> dumb fucking serpent is sitting there trying to slither around, but it's being held back, you know, mm-hmm. by being rooted in the ground. So the serpent's root is the problem. You got to get out there. You know, uh, you're a serpent. I said to everyone, you got to get out there. You got to slither. You got to fucking poison something <laughs> and ingest the whole thing and digest it over time. That's what God wants for you. Interesting. And all this ground around you, by which I mean other people and the grounding of reality, right? Mm-hmm. Which, that's what's making it hard for you. That's what's ruining you yeah. to where you are right to now. To where you are right now, which is misery and the lack of this concert that I swear <laughs> is tomorrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I cannot wait. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, you guys. I got you guys. Hey, I just talked to the bands. Wait, wait, you just talked to the bands during the break? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I talked to the bands, Imagine Dragons and Chance, mm-hmm. and they cannot wait to meet you guys. You're kidding. Yeah, I got you guys in the VIP pre- Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, my God. This... Wait, we're going to go backstage? You're going to go backstage. You're going to meet them at the meet and greet beforehand. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait to yeah. meet Chance, yeah. I can't oh, wait to meet. God. I can't wait to meet Ooh. Daniel Platzman, drummer of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yes, yes, Daniel Platzman. Oh, uh, the Platz, the knew. Platzman. We're gonna meet the Platzman. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, man. They told me what their encore is. It's cool as shit. Oh, don't tell. Don't tell. Okay, okay. I don't, 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 don't want to tell. You. No I want to be surprised. No, no spoilers. Want to be surprised. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. We, we we can't keep talking about this show. We, we're yeah. burning so many interview minutes. Sorry about that. We, okay. I mean, we printed out the set list, which is not just a bunch of words I don't understand <laughs> in an order, but it's there. I promise. Okay, you. okay. But we, yeah. we, like I said, we have to stop talking about this. We've got so many other questions Sorry. to get to. Anyway, the uh, point is, unroot yourself, get going, mm-hmm. get yourself out there, and everyone's like, oh. I love that. I mean, it sounds great. I'm inspired by that, just listening to it. And if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today in the studio are British actor and silver screen legend, Cary Grant. How do you do? And 20th century American cult leader, David Koresh. Little Barco. Uh, So so I want to ask you, um, I want to ask you, Cary Grant, about some specific shows and movies that you did. Uh, You had a show... That opened on Broadway two days after Wall after the famous Wall Street crash, uh, a show called A Wonderful Night. Do you remember that show? Oh, of course. Okay, so do you remember the plot of A Wonderful Night? Because I'm wondering, like, if the the sort of like the, the culture of of America back then, it's just after the financial crash. It's basically the start of the Great Depression. And then all of a sudden, there's this show on Broadway called The Wonderful Night. I'm wondering how the audience would have reacted to that. Well, it, we, it was a scramble, mm-hmm. I tell you, because... We had to change the title of of the show right right before we went on stage. Okay. They changed the marquee because the original title was The Stock Market. Ain't it great? <laughs> <laughs> the Stock Market colon Ain't It Great. And then um, then Black Friday came and we thought, uh-oh, we got to change something here. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Mm-mm. So we changed it to... Uh, a Wonderful Night. A Wonderful Night. hmm and the title uh, did not make a lot of sense. Because the play was about how great the stock market is. And the whole play did not make a lot of sense <laughs> because it was a lot of stuff that we just changed because a lot of the lines were, hey, isn't it great how the stock market's going to the top? We're all going to be rich. Mm-hmm. Use credit freely, everybody. Just keep buying <laughs> on credit. And then we do like, do a little ragtime dance. You okay, know? but you did say that you made changes to the show mm-hmm. to try to make it not about the stock market. So then would you just, because it was called The Wonderful Night. Mm-hmm. So would you then just take out stock market and put night 
in there instead? We would put all kinds of things. It didn't uh, make okay. sense. It was sort of like Mad Libs. Okay, so then what would that song that you just sang sound like without references to the stock market? It's like, hey, everybody, isn't <laughs> it great? That look at look at us. Hey, we're gonna go to the top. And it was, uh, you know, it was very vague. The audience was frustrated. <laughs> they were like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" And I oh, wow. and I just ended the show by saying. And it's a wonderful night. Oh wow! Okay, and just to uh, just a barrage of booze. Oh, just booze. People hated it. I, I read. I think I think I remember from the Wikipedia that it, that it lasted for like 70, 70 nights or something. That's pre- that's an okay run. Right? It was a pretty good run, yeah, but it's like it was two months or so. It right? was just a way to have people channel their anger directly oh, at a group of actors. Gotcha. That makes sense. You got to avoid a vent. That makes sense. Uh, you were also in a movie earlier in your career called Topper. Uh, about a wealthy couple who die in a car accident and then wreak havoc on the world as ghosts. And you remember, like, you were, that movie Carrie, basically Stephen King just, like, stole that. Mm. I'm wondering, because this is really similar to the plot of Beetlejuice, you know, where uh, the two people die at the very beginning in a car crash and then they have to, like, scare the people out of their house. Uh, Is that sort of like what happened in the movie Topper? You're this wealthy couple, you die in a car accident, and then you... You wreak havoc on the world as ghosts? Yes, exactly. And we even had a a Beetlejuice-type character who was named Roach Goo. Roach Goo. Okay, so Roach Goo. <laughs> so you become ghosts, you meet Roach Goo. Yes. And you, and he like tells you like how to how to like wreak wreak havoc on the world. Yes, he's telling us how how we can go about haunting people in a in the most entertaining way. Mm-hmm. And we're in the yeah, we're always calling Roach Goo. <laughs> And, okay, uh, so before we move on, I just want to know, can you tell us one thing that you and your wife would do in this movie to, like, wreak havoc on the world as goes? Maybe something that Roach Goo told you how to do. Sure. We would grab someone by the back of the neck and the seat of the <laughs> pants, and we'd throw them out of an establishment. Is that all you guys did? It that was, was just, most of it. Most <laughs> of it was that. Throwing people out of establishments. Okay, I have more questions about uh, different movies and stuff that you did, uh-huh. but uh, I want to go back over to David Crush for a moment. Woo-hoo! So there was a power struggle for leadership of the Branch Davidians. You have this incredible new doctrine, the serpent's root. Uh, you know, you claim to be a prophet, but the founder's son, a guy named George Roden, he wants to lead the Branch Davidians instead. He's losing support, and so he decides to challenge you to a contest to raise the dead. This was in the Wikipedia that he challenged you to a raise the dead competition, and he even went so far as to dig up a corpse for the purpose of this challenge. Just like me. And I know, Cary Grant, you have experience with this, so I cannot wait to hear your feedback. Okay. But I wanted to ask you, David Crush, so uh, did, was he like, you know, how, how was this competition going to work? Was he going to be like, uh, you know, whoever can raise this guy from the dead will win? Or was he basically saying like, whoever can raise him fastest, or, like, what was the point of the challenge exactly? Oh, yeah, easy. It was fastest raise. Fastest raise, One okay. dead body, whoever raises him first wins. And as we know, mm-hmm. when you raise a dead body, they do a little dance and they slap somebody. They slap the person <laughs> yeah. who yeah. raised them. As chronicled in the song <laughs> Adam's Family <laughs> by MC Hammer. Okay, uh, do you remember the lyrics of that song? Dance how that- they want to dance, kick, and they slap a friend. Adam's Family. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everybody knows this. Everybody remembers. Yeah, yeah. From the good, from that great movie. Now, <laughs> so he was like, George was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I challenge you to a raise the dead competition. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Because I know I'm raising this dead body fast. Okay, so here's the thing: you have experience with raising the dead, like Cary Grant has experience fuck with raising no. the dead. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna wow. raise the dead body. Okay, no man. So was this like I'm a- too busy promoting concerts and. I think this is probably obvious at this time, but amassing weapons like crazy. <laughs> okay. It goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. I don't yeah. really see the connection, but Gary Grant gets it. I don't want to sound like I'm an idiot, so I'll, yeah. just, I'll just jump on board. You know, it's yeah, it's the 80s. Hey, it's the, it's it's, the 60s. It's the 60s. <laughs> yeah, come on. So okay. uh, so I'm getting guns like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you get a lot of guns. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm like, all right, I've never done this, right? So then I'm getting in there like, all right, all right, fine, fuck it. But I believe in God, and God believes in me. He told me to marry that preacher's daughter. It didn't happen. <laughs> he told me I'm the Messiah, working on it. Mm-hmm. So if you know, like Moses, he's gonna make God's gonna make this stick uh, happen. God's gonna make this stick turn into a snake. 
He's going to get fair out of there, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm packing. I'm just blow the shit out of this guy. They're like, <laughs> if this body does not get raised, or God forbid, he raises it he before raises I it do, faster. I'll just shoot him. Yeah, I got a big, I got a ten gauge that says I win. <laughs> so okay. you know, can can I ask you this because I I just don't see how what you're describing leads to what actually happens. Uh, because he he like digs up this dead body, uh, George Roden. Yeah, and then instead of instead of participating in the competition, you just call the cops on him and say he he dug up a corpse, arrest him. Yeah. Okay. So then, like, what happens exactly where? You know, you're so confident. Yeah. You, you're either going to raise the dead body yeah. or you're going to shoot I got George. a gun, yeah. 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 So I'm ready. I'm ready to yeah. both raise it the dead like you're in and it. blow the shit out of someone. Yeah. And then I call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and then I pick up the phone. I call the cops. It's like the hand of God told me, hey, rat on this guy. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know what? Oh, you know what it was? <laughs> okay. I looked and then there was an open Bible right there. Shut up. And it was... It was uh, it was open right to um, Romans fifteen two, oh, which well, said, "I love that. That's my yeah, favorite scripture." We said, "Call the cops on this guy." <laughs> yes, he's got a dead body. Okay, so I'm like, "Thank you, God, again." <laughs> right? So I have a row of seats in my house. Right? Mm-hmm. The, between me and the phone, I got this big row of couches. <laughs> so I jump on the spines of them and I run down. And then I grab the phone, I call the cops, and he you got just, him, man. You just jump over all those couches. That's the thing. The French Davidians had so many guns. We loved and it. So many couches. You gotta have seats for a concert. <laughs> so we're down there, right? I'm jumping over and I'm baniniing these things like crazy. <laughs> Benini. And then I call the cops, they get him, boom. Leadership solved. I'm Pharaoh now, baby. Wow. Yeah, that's an incredible story. And I I, I can also say what I like about having all the couches. Yeah. Great place to hide guns. Yes. In the couch cushions. You're sitting on a couch. Someone's like, ha ha, I got you. They don't know. They don't know you got a gun in that couch cushion. You just lean right down. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Who's the leader of the Branch Davidians now, George? We set off. Sometimes we would watch MASH at the compound. Mm -hmm. We laughed so hard, the heat from our butts would (laughs) fire the gun. Oh, that sounds dangerous. Yeah, you know. Maybe maybe that's what. Is that a funnier show than MASH? (laughs) No. I don't think so. -uh, Especially that episode where that baby gets smothered to death. Because it won't stop crying. You know what I'm talking about? Isn't that the, uh, that's the final episode, I, I believe. I think the final episode. Spoiler alert for everybody It listening. might be. <laughs> might might not be. Hey, favorite MASH character, quick. Oh, it's got to be, um, uh, uh, um. Can I go? go yeah, you go ahead. Get Moon here. Man. Moon Man? Moon yeah, Man. he's my favorite. Who's Moon Man? He's the guy, the, the doctor. He's the guy who says, he always says, um, I came from town. <laughs> A classic character. I don't remember that from Mash, but what? What? Who's your favorite character from Mash, Cary Grant? Oh, uh, I think uh, I think uh, well, it's a toss-up between Radar O'Reilly mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie Farr's character. What's his name? Uh, Jamie Farr. He plays the one who dresses up as a woman to try to get sent home. Yeah, I I, I remember the character. I can't remember what his name was. I can't either. I can. Either. His name was uh, Tomb Raider. Ah, Tomb Raider. That's it. Tomb yeah. Raider. Loved yeah. it. Right. Big, dressed up, be a big jug. Can you help me? Because my favorite character, I can't remember the name of Hot this character. Hot Lips Houlihan. No, I remember Hot Lips Houlihan, of course. Who was the guy? What was the name of the guy who was in the first couple of seasons, but then he got shipped home, and then his plane got shot down as he was going home, and then he died, and then they brought in the next guy who was like... Hawkeye's friend. What was that guy's name? His name was. Well, uh, it was. Uh, his name was the Vampire from Twilight. <laughs> the Vampire from Twilight. You are. Yeah. I remember everything. I feel yeah, like we got God. That's God. David Koresh is just an IMDb page mm-hmm. brought to life. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this oh week's episode God. of Famous Dead People. Oh I'd like to thank God. my guests, David Koresh and Carrie Grant, for joining me in the studio today. Uh, two people who I did not think would have experience raising the dead, but did. Uh, one final question for you both. I know it's a little weird, but do either of you have any uh, comedy shows or uh, comedians or Twitter accounts that you're like really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Uh, uh, Cary Grant, anything you want to tell people about? I love this band called The Great American Country Drifters. They play a show once a month, the second Saturday of every month at the Pine Box Rock Shop in Bushwick. And you know what? They make light of 
of some of the things going on today in the country, and they trigger libs left and right. <laughs> oh, love triggering libs. Who doesn't? And uh, what about you, David Koresh? I just want to say I'm glad we stopped there because uh, I took over the Branch Davidians and lived happily ever after. <laughs> The I don't end. think anybody's uh, anybody's contesting that, you know. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to the bottom of Wikipedia, so I'm assuming that everything went yeah, great. That's, that's exactly all. what happened. Yeah. I walked off in the sunset. Uh, I love uh, <laughs> premiere of the improvised musical, Friday's 10 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. And characters welcome last Thursday of every month at UCB Theater. Wonderful. And uh, I am, of course, your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it's hilarious. If you're listening to this on the radio, please find the podcast. We've got all the old episodes on there. And if you do, rate us five stars, leave a review, tell your friends, and uh, share it with everybody. Of course, also put in your calendars March 24th at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater will be my annual birthday show, The Sporty 40. We've got incredible special guests, stand-up sketch stories. It's going to be a hoot and a holler March 24th at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. And, of course, free beer at the Sporty 40. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email it to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Got all. It's just a Cary Grant from that little clip of Cary Grant impression from Dana Carvey's special. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Dave Koresh. <laughs> oh, okay, from the yeah. South. You can well, yeah. I listened to like a, a half Texas. a clip yeah. of him and he's like, You can buy a gun on a at a gun show, nothing illegal about it. And honestly, I can't say that that's actually the rest of the, the monologue, the rest of the accent, but it is the one I'm gonna do. That's fine. I believe. We should call this show close enough.